The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut invites you to spend the next quarter of an hour with us for this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. This is Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing with the next sermon in Pastor Greg Scalzo's series on Heavenly Authority. Before we begin my husband's message, let me remind you of our church website at www.shiarjashub.org, where you will find information about our church and services, as well as a library of radio programs for serious Bible study. Shi'ar Jashub is spelled S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B. Here now is the author of The Nature and Power of Prayer, Pastor Greg Scalzo. We're winding down the section on the Apostles. It'll probably be this week and one more sermon after that. And just some concluding ideas. In our previous study, we saw the great responsibility that the apostles had to preach the gospel and to establish the churches. We saw the great responsibility they had to maintain sound teaching, doctrine, to carefully minister the word of God. We saw that in Acts chapter 6, verse 2. That believers would not go astray, that there would not be error coming into the church. And then we saw the awesome power that God displayed through them to confirm the gospel, to confirm their call with signs and with wonders. We saw it with the 12. We saw it with Paul, how it says in Acts chapter 19, verse 11, that God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. And we read, I think, very briefly 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12, where Paul writes, truly the signs of an apostle, the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. The signs of an apostle accomplished among you with all perseverance, and then he says, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. A tremendous position that these men were called to. And yet, if you look up above in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says in verse 11, he says, I have become a fool in boasting. You have compelled me. For I ought to have been commended by you. For in nothing was I behind the most eminent apostles, though I am nothing. Notice, though I am nothing. He has a perspective. He understands he's nothing. They were nothing in themselves. They have nothing to give. They can't boast in their position. He says, I am nothing. And yet God worked through them in a tremendous way with signs and wonders and mighty deeds. And we stated when we started the section in the New Testament, I said there was a dynamic tension you'll find in the New Testament scriptures. On the one hand, the one hand you have these clear positions of authority in the body of Christ, which God has appointed. And there has to be the proper respect for these gifts of the Holy Spirit, 
for the offices of the Holy Spirit and for the servants that God calls to these different positions and he works through them. On the other hand, the truth is that all believers are called to be priests of God. Each believer in Jesus Christ is called to be a minister of the new covenant. Each is called to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Each is to have the mind of Christ, and there should not be any unnatural exalting or lifting up of any individual, of any group, into a position that only the Lord Jesus himself holds. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15, But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have, we have the mind of Christ. That's the goal, to have the mind of Christ. Each person making judgments through the Holy Spirit, yet himself rightly judged by no one. And you can see that in the letters of Paul that he did as he felt the Lord told him to do, as the Lord directed him, seeking the instruction from the Lord. So you have this dynamic tension. It's not a contradiction. It's the way the Holy Spirit sets it up to avoid sin, to avoid confusion, to send forth the gospel, for us to have the teaching of the apostles in the New Testament scriptures, and yet reminding us that each person, we're nothing. No matter what the office, what the call, and we're all called, each person is called to come into the fullness of Christ. So if a system develops where one person is supposed to have it, whatever it might be, and the other people are supposed to receive it, and they can never approach, you start to get back into a hierarchy system where there are layers being placed between men and God. Any true leader, any true pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophet, apostle, will tell you that the purpose of any call is to bring each into a like relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, the reality is, we don't all start at the same point, right? We're first saved. There's a lot of things we don't know. There's a lot of things we assume we may misread Scripture, and then we'll hear different sermons. We'll pray about it. The Holy Spirit gets rid of all those wrong ideas we have, and God uses his servants called to different positions to bring us into the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. So we're not all at the right point where we start with, but there's not this limit God desires each to have his spirit, each to be called into a sacred fellowship. And yet there is respect in the body. There are positions, and you have this tension. And it's a healthy tension. And if you think about, think about church history, a lot of times that's where it's gone wrong, where the emphasis is placed either too much on one side or too much on the other. The scales tip, and error comes in one way or the other. Let's look in Acts chapter 15 for a few minutes this morning. Um, I believe we touched on this, but I'd like to just really focus on the section. It's the section of the Jerusalem Council. And the reason is that beyond words, if you listen to the tone of what's going on, if you try to feel how it's developing, you get a very clear picture 
of how authority should work in the New Testament church. This is Acts chapter 15. It says, And certain men came down. This is at Antioch. You know, Jerusalem is always up and everything else is always down. So even though Antioch, Antioch in Syria is north, they'll say come down. And certain men came down, certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Well, circumcision was key to Judaism. It was instructional for the descendants of Abraham. Though in the books of Moses, in Genesis, we read about Adam and his descendants and Noah uh, Enoch, people that were not circumcised, men of God, there is a larger group uh, in the scriptures we read about Job, those not descendants of Abraham, but for the descendants of Abraham, circumcision was a critical component of the covenant, the blood covenant that God had made with Abraham. So you have here these brothers coming down, brothers, believers in Jesus, coming from Judea, from the center of where the gospel has gone forth, right? We read how Peter and the Twelve stood up. We read about Pentecost. We read about the lame man being healed, the thousands of Jewish people being added to the church. That's the first church. The first church was Jewish, was Hebrew. And now you have these Gentiles and Jews in Antioch, and you can imagine they have these brothers coming from Jerusalem coming up to them, and they trust them, figuring they're first in the Lord, and they're telling them that you can't be saved unless you're circumcised according to the custom of Moses. This is a critical point in church history. There's a major decision the church will have to deal with, and there are many major decisions the church faces. And someone can say, well, it's just doctrine, it makes no difference. It makes a lot of difference. Consider the gospel going forth if they had said you had to get circumcised. Consider the freedom and liberty in the spirit that no one would have known if they had to keep all the ceremonial laws. It makes a tremendous difference. Teaching is very important. Right teaching is critical. And the church had to deal with this question that comes up. They say you must be circumcised, otherwise you cannot be saved. Verse 2, Therefore... When Paul and Barnabas, remember they're at Antioch now, had no small dissensions, so they're arguing with them and dispute with them. And that must have been a great argument to listen to Paul going against these brothers from Judea. They determined, the church at Antioch, that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. Let's go to Jerusalem. Let's see what the apostles, what the 12, those who had been with Jesus, those that Jesus trusted with founding the church in Jerusalem, the elders. Let's bring the question to them rather than just listening to these men who have come from there. So Paul and Barnabas and certain others go, and you read down in verse 4. And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church. Notice it's still called the church, right? We have this kind of image that church is Gentile and synagogue is Jewish, but it's the church. Jesus makes one church out of the two. They go to the church in Jerusalem. They're received by the church. They're received by the apostles. 
And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders. Now you have elders over the church in Jerusalem. As that church has been established, the apostles are moving up into what they have to do to bring the gospel out, and you have elders over that local body, a large a multitude we're going to read, a large local body in Jerusalem. And they reported all things that God had done with them. So they're telling them, um, and we'll read about this next time in Galatians, how Paul speaks them privately, telling them all the works that had happened on that first missionary journey that he went out with Barnabas uh, in the Gentile areas. We'll continue the message in our next broadcast. If you are in the Madison, Connecticut area, we welcome you to join us for our 10 a.m. Sunday service at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. You can find directions and information about our church on our redesigned website at www.shiarjashub.org. And there is a library of Bible study programs and articles to help you delve into God's Word. I'm sure you will also find the blogs by Pastor Greg timely and powerful. Greg Scalzo's award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, has helped many understand the biblical principles necessary for an anointed prayer life. The book is available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com, and we have a link on the Shi'ar Jeshub site to Pastor's author page. The church website again is shiarjashub.org. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.